Hello, this is Jeff. Do you feel it? Can you perceive that you are now part of an array of minds all similarly primed to receive a curated signal? One that will create something new in this small space, this limited scratch on the surface of time. I know you will remain hooked into this construct after these events, which must now happen. You will listen. You will do so carefully. And you will absolutely record appropriately. Hello? What time is it? Who is it? Um, I don't know. I... Situation. Green. Creature. A flame. Sorry, honey. I have to take this. Why don't we go ahead and get started? We have Ryan and our new agent, Agent Kane. Yes. Still in Clemson Mallory's hotel room. Now Paris and Prentice have left to deal with what looks like maybe a break with reality that Prentice suffered. So they're out of the scene at this exact moment. But Kane, Ryan, you just listen back to this voicemail from the much vaunted librarian we had been looking for since Snedeker's briefing. What time of day is it? Morning, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Early morning. I don't know why that's funny. It's funny now. <laughs> that was even a it's joke. It's 2.30 a.m. That, <laughs> that was just me trying to set the scene if we could like get to this chick today. So did I listen to it or did we do it on speaker? It was actually just on speaker okay, cool. just because of the way the hotel phone great, is set up. Great. Ryan is going to turn to Kane and say, okay, well, that seems like a phone number we're going to want to call. Yeah, we should probably check in with her. <laughs> what I can't figure out is why Why is he so interested in the history of the town? That that seems weird to me. Well, yeah, I'll just have to ask. Should we uh, go see how Prentice is holding up? Let's get this stuff back to my room first, please. <laughs> yes, definitely. Let's do that. So the stuff you're talking about happens to be RDF equipment that you found in Mallory's closet, right? Yes. yes. So y'all move it out of Mallory's hotel room, place it in Agent Kane's, and make your way into Agent Prentice's room where Paris is trying to get him to lie back in what looks like a very comfy bed. <coughs> <laughs> What's funny? 
just the way that was phrased. <laughs> there's some there's some soothing uh some so- smooth jazz on the on the on the radio and uh you know Paris has pulled out oh, two glasses. Are you trying to seduce the guy and, who is uh, just like having a mental breakdown? Is that what's happening? Okay. Somewhere in there, he found time to change into a robe, the hotel robe. Very nice. All right. <laughs> Smoking jacket. Cool. Uh, roll your, I don't know, charisma. So when Ryan walks in and sees Prentice on the bed, so Prentice is like, resisting laying back on the bed? Is he still kind of like in a fit or is he insisting he's okay? So Prentice is no longer in any sort of fit, but he was very disturbed by Ryan looking at the notes after he entered some sort of internal adventure and uh, continues to be preoccupied with the possibility of Ryan engaging with those same notes, even though he's here in this room and, and Paris is trying to calm him down. Uh, Ryan's going to go in front of Prentice, recalling Prentice's conversation, short conversation with him the night before, asking if Ryan was okay. Ryan's going to just look at him dead in the eyes and say, you know I'm not the same anymore, and I was able to read the notes just fine. Don't dwell on that. It's a thing best ignored like so much else that we encounter. Let's get it together. We've got a new lead, and we've got to go talk to a librarian, and um, thankfully she wants to meet in the woods. We'll get a little fresh air. Get up. And then he taps him on the shoulder. Prentice will kind of recoil after being tapped on the shoulder and twitch a moment and see his face kind of go through a series of emotions of like anger and excitement and and then just flatten, and then he straightens his jacket and and gets up. Paris, you back up and, and let this play out. You're watching Prentice. He seems steady on his feet. He seems determined in demeanor. Prentice, you are you good? No, I'm not fucking good, but I'll manage. Hey, all right. I look over at uh, Paris. Looks over at um, Ryan. So, what's the deal with this uh, librarian? We're supposed to be meeting. There was a voicemail on Mallory's hotel phone. Kane and I listened back to it. Apparently, he had asked. Were, or was inquiring about the history of the town. He had reached out to the local library to learn some more information. And the head librarian there who is on sabbatical got back to him and uh, said that she had some information to share with him, but uh, that she wanted to meet in person, but she left her number. So I figured we could uh, call that number and see if she would meet with us. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like the best lead we've got. She seemed also super flirtatious, so... Paris, I think maybe you should reach out. <laughs> <laughs> and the way she said, uh, like, which is something about like specific histories that you're interested in or something. My, although Paris doesn't know about the names yet because he hasn't read these pages at all. But I, I'm, I'm guessing that he gave the names to her and said, "Hey, can you find me information on these people?" Um, I think it's worth us asking her when we meet her. Yeah, yeah like, hey, do these names? Yeah, mean that's. Anything? She did talk about, hey, if you want more information on the Northampton Coven, this is, and Gare in the Northampton Coven and Benjamin Stockton, yeah, you know, you'll have to come out to see me because I'm not, I'm not going to go into work. I'm I'm off. Okay. So that's, and she, she might know something about Mallory's whereabouts. Not that we give a shit about that guy because fuck him. We just need to find this radio station, right? Dude, he's a fucking wolf. It's the Operation Feraliminal. What? Mm. Hmm. He could be a werewolf. Well, maybe we should call that librarian and find out. 
by the way, Chris, I am waiting for the moment where I could say, um, does the term ferroliminal mean anything to you? Mean anything to you? <laughs> to an NPC, and I'm really excited about it. No, no, it just sounds like the name of maybe an operation that a government agency would, would you know, stamp on. Seems like a really great stamp name on for something. an operation. <laughs> so, who wants to make this call? Yeah, we gotta talk about our approach. Chris, is there anything else? There is a lot, but as far as clues, so the big the big batch of clues are sitting in that shorthand. Yep. We have the RDF equipment and we have the voicemail. That should be everything that was delivered as of last time. And this is a Michael Zeno confused question with RDF equipment. Mm -hmm. That's like a signal yep. receiver, basically. This is pretty sophisticated equipment. You assume as Ryan that this is what the FCC issued to Agent Mallory to try to form lines of bearing to triangulate, well, not to triangulate, but to, to find okay. the pirate radio station, which he okay. could not do, okay. according to his reports back to the FCC that y'all were privy to during the Snedeker briefing. And you said, I know, I remember this from last episode, Kane's got SIGINT, so she's able, she's familiar with. She was able to identify the equipment. She's never used it before. Got it, okay, okay. Uh, Prentice, having just traumatized himself with those notes, probably isn't going to be interested in going back to the notes. And you just kind of got him up out of that bed by telling him that we're going to go somewhere. So that's where we've left off. Yes. Yeah. So he's standing up. Paris kind of checked on him one last time. Prentice seems grim set and ready to get the hell out of here. It sounded like we were going to try to make a call to Janet Pound, if that's what we want to do next, or we can leave and do anything we want. Yeah, I think narratively, it probably makes sense for someone to be the voice of reason over Ryan of like, cool, if we call this chick, what are we actually gonna say to her and not freak her out? So I don't know if Paris or Kane, one of you guys wanna. So what's the, what's the story on this uh, librarian? Yeah, she left a voicemail on Mallory's room phone. Apparently he had been inquiring about some local histories about a, a coven and it seems like related to some of the names that were recurring in in the notes, but actually I probably shouldn't say that because, I mean, that was No, that, that was right. Was that, in it? that was correct. Okay. That was a really good connection uh, and, and that you here. just made, and I was like, gonna give you 10, 10 <laughs> experience points. Yeah, okay. Coven, and it seems related to some of the names that cropped up in the notes. So probably somebody that we wanna get in touch with. She left the phone number there. Okay. Yeah. Just, well, just give her a call. We'll give her a call right so, now and see what we got going on. Well, hold on. What's up? Did she say? So she called and she didn't. She might be the person behind why this guy disappeared. We can't just like call, be like, "Hey, tell us about this," without raising her hackles. I mean, yeah, maybe. But in the message, she said that she offered to meet him out in the woods. I mean, I guess she said she was on vacation on sabbatical and so she didn't want to go into the library to give him information and she would meet him out on on this trail out outside and i guess maybe he maybe he listened to the voicemail but the light was blinking it seemed like it was new so i don't know if he necessarily heard that but you're not wrong prentice we can't exactly just call her up and i mean what, what do we say i mean i can just call her and pretend to be a friend of Mallory's and just say I've been looking for him and I came up to this hotel room and, and heard this message. I could say he left me a key to the hotel room and said, hey, come meet me here. And I got here. I hadn't heard from him. Got your message. I was curious what he had called you about, what he had reached out about. Something along those lines, basically. That makes sense. I think that's a good idea. See if I can't uh, lay the old Paris charm on her. 
I don't, Got it. I don't know why. I um, said let that. me go ahead and make a quick roll here. Yeah, it was a little weird, I don't know but why I you know, I'll take it. Uh, just take I mean, isn't Paris like a former military guy? Yeah. Uh, so pa- current, Paris current. fucks. Current. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Paris fucks. <laughs> yeah, he fucks. Yeah. Yeah, I just got off the Paris. Just got off the beach in South America. It, yeah. I've, yeah. I've yeah, I think time. you were doing just fine down there. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're not. You're not thirsty right now for. Uh, you know, no, but his, his confidence is peaked. He's like, I got this. I'll charm the shit out of her. Librarians, exactly. His my charisma is like what? Four out of twenty. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's look at that. Actually, I don't know. What it is. charisma, huh? It's it's ten. He's very average. I also can't believe Ryan has not had a hit to his charisma after looking like a seal. I mean, <laughs> yeah, charisma is so much more than just love. I guess your, charisma your is charisma, intimidation, right? Too. So it's kind of like it's transitioned yeah, from for you. Charm it's it's absolute Jesus charm. Christ. Um, you probably will take some permanent damage yeah. uh, if things probably. continue down the path that they are. But you're still you can still talk through your current physical appearance despite its insanity seriousness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're just missing your. Settling. If you're, you're just missing your eyebrows. You're pale and you're skinny. The people who know you best are more disturbed than a stranger. Don't forget, that's for sure. Now, when your Slippery. eyelids fall off, that's when the weirdness happens. That's true. true. If you that's start true. growing gills, that's true. I'm that's putting... when we start knocking down charisma. Yeah, you start growing gills. I'm putting a bullet in you myself. <laughs> I think that that's reasonable. <laughs> Paris, you, you dial the number, and after a few rings, picks up. Hello. Hi. Is this a? Uh, is this Janet? Yeah, this is Janet. Janet, hey, sorry to call you out of the blue. Um, I'm a friend of Mallory's. I know he'd reached out to you. And uh, my name's Dave, and I had, I, he asked me to come into town and meet up with him, but um, I've been having a hard time finding him. He, he, he had left a key for me for his hotel room uh, to meet him here, but he's not here. But I, I heard your message that you left for him, and I was wondering if you had, had seen him for a while, in a while or, or talked to him recently, or was that the last time he, he got in touch with you? The, uh, the journalist guy? Yeah, yeah. Journalist guy. Uh, he's a pretty good writer. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I left him a message a while ago. A few days ago, actually. But I haven't heard back from him. And sorry to bug you. I, I, I heard your message on vacation. You know, it's sort of calling out of the blue like this. But I know he's, I know he's been working on a project. And uh, that's partially why I came up here. And I was curious what, what it was he had you looking into. Anything might help me try to track him down. Um, anything you could tell me, really, I'd appreciate it. He called the library. I I work at the library. Mm-hmm. He called over and was looking for, like, a local expert, I guess, in the history of Pioneer Valley. And my assistant there called me, and even though he's not supposed to, and he told me about his project, and you know, I went ahead and I called back, and I guess you've heard my message. He's interested in some of the ghost stories of this region. During the colonial period, a lot of folks are. I've been doing a lot of my own research lately, so I thought I may be able to help him. My assistant is just not, well, he would not be a great resource, I guess. So I thought he could maybe come out and meet me, and I could maybe help him out with whatever he's got going on. But yeah, he never called me back. Never called you back? Oh, that's so weird. Okay. It's not like him either. Well, I'll tell you what, when are you, I don't want to bug you while you're on vacation, but when are you coming back from vacation? I, I'd love to f- follow up with you at the library itself, if that's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm kind of on a sabbatical, if that makes sense. Uh, indefinitely. Oh. So, gotcha. yeah. Um, I don't know when I'm going to come back. 
Um, if I even do, I mean, I, I imagine I will, but I'm kind of trying to get close to my roots. This is where my family comes from. This is really important to me, so I've taken a lot of time off, and I plan to take a lot more time off, at least until I can disentangle the mysteries of my family, and I think I'm going to write a book. She, you can even hear her smiling when she says that. Oh, that's that's exciting. All right. Yeah. So you, and you're, you said you're fr- from that, from the valley, that you're the Pioneer Valley. That's that's your... Yeah. My family were some of the original settlers here, actually. Well, hey, I, I don't want to, I don't want to put you out. I mean, I, I still need to track down Mallory. I mean, I, he's probably fine. I just need to find out where he is. But I, I mean, like I said, I am helping him on the project. I don't, I don't want to bug you about a meeting or anything, but is there maybe an email I could get? I mean, I'd love to keep, keep the line of questioning that, that he was, he was working on. Would that be all right? Um, yeah, I guess. If you're worried about him, you should probably call the police, right? Yeah, yeah, probably going to do that shortly. I, there's a few other spots he, he might be at. He can get into some trouble sometime, but that's my problem. That's not your problem. Yeah, if there's anything I can help with, just let me know. Um, you have my number. Yeah, and, and if there's a... I've, I've got just just follow up on some of the research that you had asked you. If, if you got an email I could reach out to and just to, you know... Send you over a list of names uh, and everything. You can call me. I can call you. Okay. We'll tell you what. I'll um. Let me look around a bit, and I'll, I'll give you a call maybe later today or tomorrow if that works. Sure. Awesome. Can, well, can hey, Ryan was, uh, be mouthing while he's on like the phone and feels like it's starting to wrap up? T- tell, tell her you're hot. T- tell her you're jacked. <laughs> <laughs> tell well, I'm gonna want to learn more. So I'm gonna go. Well, I'm gonna go hit the gym, and uh, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I fucking knew you. Guys. And uh, yeah, and I'll I'll look back into the notes. And, Ryan uh, gives you know, we'll, it was gr- it was great speaking with you. It was great speaking with you. And, and I spent about two hours on my joy sabbatical. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go do some, knock some crunches out. You know, bench a bit. I'm pushing. Uh, Playing on my new PR. About about 150. I'm getting there. Um, you know, okay, it's, it's, real cool. <laughs> Hope you find your friend. Bye. <laughs> trying to establish rapport y'all perfect that was i think that's what romance oh, is <laughs> did you feel the sparks <laughs> i did i was hot yeah it was pretty pretty good as the token i'm gonna female, get a totally go for it. saxophone solo for that part it's a fucking inferno can we, can we just pretend there? that he didn't say all the shit about the working out bit. we'll see we'll i think see it's actually on the on, on the tape oh, yeah, so we'll yeah at least the gym part leave, leave in the, the part where he's like oh, i'm gonna go hit the gym after this and then uh yeah, but the rest i'm pretty sure that's all on tape and i don't edit anymore so it's done all right there you go okay so i hang up and i say all right well hopefully i've got a little bit of rapport established with her she seemed okay with me calling back later once we get our kind of head straight here in the situation but uh she's actually from this pioneer valleys that are her family some of the original colonists and, and apparently mallory was reaching out to her about some what she called ghost stories and i know, it's kind of weird i got a little bit of a weird vibe this whole indefinite sabbatical thing but yeah i don't know i don't know it might still be worth stopping by the library she worked at and just you know doing a bit of our own research maybe ask around well maybe we can look into her seeing as uh, she's on an indefinite sabbatical maybe there's a more to that story yeah. some kind of yeah some kind of story behind that yeah that makes sense to me Maybe she spent too much time just shouting at a radio mm, and got fired. Got fired. She knows where the radio is, uh, and it's on somebody's head, and that man's name is Radiohead. Mm. That was just painful. <sighs> don't don't give away the secrets of this scenario before it's time, <laughs> Eric. Please. Paris pulls his phone out and just 
throws into Google Maps, Pioneer Valley. Just curious how far away this place is. <laughs> I hate, I hate you are actually in the large region called Pioneer Valley. It includes Northampton, several other small towns in the area, as well as a large preserve. So is it a fruit preserve? Nope. Animal. <laughs> Damn. Which witches okay. covens or has it been established that's a witch's covens or is coven is witch's coven redundant yes i feel like right coven yeah i don't think there's witches. another type of coven oh um, like there could there could be like some covens? flourishy no that's feraliminal covens but this is, this is the high yeah. quality content for our listeners <laughs> me, so, i'll say this we gotta get the semantics let me, let me try about, this way. Coven is the for term for a group of witches it's actually an assembly of 13 witches, according to Google. I did not know that. Oh my God, is it really? That's These days hilarious. It's a little more fluid. <laughs> it's super uh, specific. Solid baker's dozen, so there we go. Holy shit. <laughs> that's funny as hell. Actually, that, that checks out with Hansel and Gretel, so. There we go. Boom. Um, <laughs> Baker. So, uh, Coven and a. So, she on the voicemail, she said, Northampton Coven, I can tell you more about it. Mr. Mallory and Benjamin Stockton and Ann Gare. But yes, that was the cliffhanger of her message, mentioning that he was asking about a coven in Northampton. Okay, so witches' covens and the crazy shit that we see in Delta Green lines up, you know? Weirdness, even if it's just radio waves, I think uh, that's not out of the blue to make some kind of connection that maybe this is something worth learning more about Paris. We got some information there, but it seems like maybe either we do some research on our own or uh, we find another way to, to cozy up and get a little bit more info out of Janet Pound, the librarian. So do you guys think that um, we should actually go to the library or is enough of this information accessible online? Why am I asking this? This is, I'm, this is so fucking weird. You are Ryan. Just yeah. fucking yeah. <laughs> me, Michael. Like, this is the dumbest fucking thing. Look it up. Find Look out. Look it up. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Jesus Christ. Ryan takes out his phone and searches fucking Ann Gare. And then oh, the, the year. Yeah, it's not uh, difficult to pull Old. the name with some quick internet sleuthing. It just it just isn't. Uh, with the context of your local geography, yes. the Mallory scribble time frame, uh, you have over 12 intelligence I can see on your character sheet. This is not an issue for you. So it actually appears that Angier's story is a slightly notorious one for Northampton. Again, this is not difficult information to uncover with a couple quick uh, clicks of the thumbs on your smartphone. So you pull up a site called Legends of America. I'm going to give you a handout. Ooh, that's only to me. Anticipated. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it certainly was. You're ready for our Googling. I was hoping I was hoping for it. I'll take things I'm not going to read in full for 500, Alex. <laughs> I can I can read it. Yeah, so this search index site, it has a short write-up. This is alongside actually dozens of other Massachusetts victims of the witch trials and the hysteria that occurred in the 16 and 1700s in New England. Did you make this, Chris? Of course. Dude, well done. This is sick. So I'll go ahead and read this short summary. It's, it's actually not a lot of information, but uh, it certainly is relevant to the name. And it seems to correspond again with what Mallory had scribbled in his margin. Do you want me to read it, Chris? And Gare. 
Ryan looked it yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you'd like, yeah. Huh. This is interesting. This article came up, says Anne Gare, uh, one of many Northampton individuals to be accused of witchcraft during the Massachusetts witchcraft hysteria. Little, no, little is known of Anne's life. It's the account of her notorious and cruel murder at the hands of a mob of her neighbors, which remains her unfortunate legacy. A recluse with little social contact, Anne inherited a vast library from a friend of her family. The circumstances regarding this exchange were regarded as suspicious and rumors abounded. It was also rumored that Anne was part of a greater Northampton coven. Her accusers' names... Because, you know, any woman that reads is a yeah. witch. <laughs> That's about right. Apparently, <laughs> apparently there were... There had to be 13, though. <laughs> Otherwise... It's a group. <laughs> Just a group. Her accusers' names are unknown, but according to the accounts uh, in of evil sorceries done in New England, she was attacked by a mob while fetching water and was drowned. Her home and her vast library was also burnt to the foundation to removeth the foul hearth of evil intent and all its heaven-damned manuscripts. Nicely done with the <laughs> Appalachian accent there. Shit. That was lovely. So this seemed to be a person that Clemson Mallory was highly interested in and one that he directly mentioned to Janet Pound. And yeah, you've just found one of what seem like many reproductions of this same summary. I wonder what happens if we search Northampton Cabin. I'll go ahead and give that a try. Yeah, uh, you do so. And many of the same sort of little snippet sites come up. You don't find anything more interesting or any other names of those in the Northampton Coven. However, you do see many references to the of evil sorceries done in New England text that was mentioned in the prior readout. Of evil sorceries. And that evil sorceries mentioned is just knowing how to read? I believe due to the fact that it is, well, you know what? You're gonna have to read the book to find out. I don't suppose a quick search on Amazon <laughs> turns up when I can have delivered the next day. <laughs> Same day delivery. Well, you do. You do search for it. It's not on Amazon, but it is being held at the Boston Public Library in the restricted stocks. Oh, one of those. That's always a problem. Crime. Let's go commit one. <laughs> I'm smiling. I'm smiling right now for, for our listeners. I have a big smile on my face. We do love a good crime. There were other names in the notes. You know, there Janet were, Pound uh, is... There was Abrican or Abacan Geist. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Abrakan Geist, Willoughby. Virginia Willoughby, Benjamin Stockton, Jebediah Blackstye, and Ezekiel. Father Shineface. Bread. Father Shineface, absolutely. Father Shineface. There was no Ezekiel. I think, fair, I think it's fair to say we all start doing our digital yeah. library search. We all just Google hey, circle. Assuming that Prentice and Ryan have told us those names. Good point, yeah. Prentice did, as he, as he was uh, being pulled out by Paris, say, he did say several of the names because... He was trying to get him to not read it, and he was also hey, freaking out. Hey, Prentice, what were, what were those? Uh, what were other names you were saying? Ryan, did, do you do you remember what they? Yeah, are? they're like seared into my oh. brain. Abrakan Geist, Jenny Willoughby, Jebediah Blackstye. Paris, Paris starts sitting down. It's like let's just divvy him up. And let's start. start searching. Yeah, let's start seeing what we can find if there's any connections here. Sure, we'll start with you, Agent Kane. Go ahead and roll your history, please. <laughs> this is like a circle jerk of Googling names. Oh, that's oh, it's a failure. Very fine. 51 uh, over 30. Then I get to check market. Yes, you do. Yeah. 
Yes, you do. Yeah, you're doing your best to try to cross-reference everything you have with these additional names. Nothing is as well written about as Angear from what you're going through. And you're starting to realize maybe why Clemson Mallory, who was also, for whatever reason, interested in his folklore, was starting to look at local sources of information. Because there really isn't that much out there on the World Wide Web, at least not with the context that you currently have. Paris, go ahead and roll your history, please. Okay. <laughs> Five out of 10. Success. Holy shit. Success. Well done. I'm a psychologist historian, y'all, clearly. You focused on write-ups and summaries about this old book, this of evil sorceries done in New England, uh, which apparently was written circa 1750. There are some references to the content of the book. Nothing's very complete. In fact, maddeningly incomplete in most places that you are able to look up. But you do read about somebody taking notes from the book who went ahead and had a small overview about a supposed coven of sorcerers operating in Northampton in the early 1700s, led by the old buck, Benjamin Stockton. So I, I was like, hey guys, so, or hey everybody, I'm finding out that uh, this is this following up on this one, this Benjamin Stockton feller, fel- feller? Did I just say feller? You did. You did say feller. Let's pull that back. Let's just uh, let's start that one from the top. Uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> this is your host, Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> Maybe just start with hey, and then Good Michael, you with... fucked me up, man. I don't know what... <laughs> now I'm all weird, too. Uh, all right. Here, here we go. Hey, everybody. So, yeah, I just found... Benjamin Stockton looks like he was referred to as the old buck and some of the notes I'm finding here are saying he he led this coven back in back in this time. So another connection here. H- how did he come up in those notes okay. that y'all read? He popped in and out of the stories that uh, that Zeke talked about. Zeke talked like he knew him. Yeah, that's weird because... Um, hmm. Yeah. A little crazy by the sounds of it. Sounds yeah. fair liminal. <laughs> 10 experience points. Gained a level. Do I get it? Prentice, it's time for you to roll your history. I would have failed mine. Prentice is going to run his history excluding the search term dick pills. Uh, What's my bonus? Did you say excluding the term dick pills? Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's plus 40% to your roll. Is that Father Shine Face? Beautiful. And I got a 46 of 10, so that's a a big old fail. Indeed it is. So much like Agent Kane... There's a reason in Prentice's mind that Mallory began to focus on local sources rather than trying to look up such niche knowledge on the World Wide Web. Ryan, it's your turn. History, please. Ryan also failed the 81 over yeah. 10. So all, all three of you have the same inkling that you're not going to find detailed information with this wide cast net. You're going to need to get on the microfiche mach- machines. You're going to need to talk to locals. You're going to need to get a little, you know, dirty when it comes to actual research, if this is what you want to look into, because these are going to be difficult nuggets of information to uncover without very specific texts, which we do have the name of one, or very specific sources. Ryan is going to look up from his phone and say to everybody else, I don't know about you guys, but 
I'm getting an inkling that we're not going to be able to find this information online. I think we're going to have to go to local sources and look at microfiche or talk to local people. Um, <laughs> uh, this is going to be probably a difficult search without specific texts or... Your eyelids fall off <laughs> as you're speaking into your cereal and you accidentally eat them. Ow. <laughs> I took notes yeah, you on what you were this whole time. <laughs> Specific <laughs> words. Um, Do you guys agree? Uh, absolutely. That's the smartest thing you've said all day, Sysprentis. <laughs> Chris, I love the moment when I realized that you, re- or when you realized what I was doing. <laughs> So angry. It's so good. It's so <laughs> so furious. I'm so sorry. should try to go track down that book i think we need to go to the library for sure boston's two hours back boston's yeah the way you came last night oh, wait it's not the lo- welcome to do that right but like the local library isn't gonna have every single thing online right it could have stuff that's unlisted no the right. book that we're talking about is in the restricted stacks at boston public library which means you would have to actually travel there and talk to somebody to check it out probably there on site because it's restricted if you want to look up other stuff here in town microfiche that's perfectly fine. Um, I, I thought you were specifically talking about that old tone. No, I, I, I meant go to like the local library for perfect records yeah. and that. No, kind definitely, of stuff. probably a good place for local book lore. Sure, sure. Oh, can we? Fuck. Well, Ryan will say this to the group. Yes. Um, <laughs> is there some way of seeing if anybody in town is potentially the descendant of of somebody listed in on this that? You know, maybe there's genealogies or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Massachusetts genealogy records, you would want to comb through. And that's a heavy research task, but that would be the way to figure that out. Is that local library stuff or is that online stuff? Well, there are some genealogy records online. You can pay to access certain archives. I will let you know that this task is something you're going to want to commit a good chunk of time to if this is what you want to do. We're talking hours and looking up current census data of people who live here potentially, maybe even working with the Massachusetts Historical Society, maybe looking at the Massachusetts Archives of Digital Repository. There's just a lot of things you'll have to start collating, putting together. Genealogy projects, even with digital records, are still fairly painstaking. If you think that's going to yield something to help you find this radio station, though, go for it. We would be better off reaching out to the Genealogical Society if we went that route. Yeah. And that would be a set it and walk away thing. Also, I don't don't think we need to, we shouldn't lose the thread here about tracking down this radio station. Right. We do have. Yeah. If this was, 
you know, Kane, is, is something you're familiar with? Are you able to utilize this stuff to track down a station? Is that something in your background? I'm going to have to do some reading first. Okay. This can take I mean, me a if, few hours at least. And at best, it'll get me a rudimentary understanding. Well, maybe we can find a, uh, a local expert or uh, maybe we can call Snedeker and see if they've got anyone in the area with that kind of expertise that we could pull on. I can already tell you what Snedeker's going to tell us. <laughs> yeah, well. Based off of every aid, uh, handler. We're on our own, boys. He's already said with. that. Well, in that case, maybe if we can find someone in the area with some expertise that might be able to help us at least, if not track down the radio station, but ex- Look, explain the weirdness that's, that Mallory was talking about. I feel like we're largely on our own on this. We can't trust somebody here because they might be the source of the problem. Until we narrow in on who or what's doing this, everybody's a suspect, right? We could come at, that's 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 true, but I think that um, potentially the way that we approach people could be from a more innocent angle. Clemson Mallory had said he was a journalist. Maybe one or two of us are also journalists and, and chasing a similar lead to understand, or fanatics who oh, listen to this station. Who, fanatics who listen to this station and, and want to hear more. No, I, said, I, don't, I just don't want to lose a thread on tracking the station down through traditional we're, means. That's all. We're missing the obvious, boys. Ain't nobody listened to it yet. Mm. <laughs> Very true. Well, to be perfectly honest, after watching what happened to uh, my friend Prentice here, just from reading the notes, I'm not too interested in hearing it for myself. Furthermore, it might make your teeth fall out. There is that. Well, maybe the two of you go to the library, try to take stuff up. Ryan and I can. I'm I'm with Kane on I'm with Kane on that. I'm I'm feeling okay to to listen to this station. My my curiosity is uh, getting the better of me on this one. Why don't the two of you, Prentice Paris, go to the library, see what you can dig up there, to see if you can't maybe get your hands on some of the information from that book. Maybe somebody photocopied it or something. Ryan and I'll stay here. We'll listen for the radio station and I can start digging up the information I'll need to operate that equipment if it comes down to it. Sounds great. Okay. Okay. So are we going to listen in like on a car radio? Like what are we, what are we doing here to try to tune into WXXT? How about Ryan? I mean, maybe this is dumb, but like, while there's time, Kane learns, educates herself on, on some of this equipment stuff. Ryan can run and grab a, you know, run to the store or something, grab a little transistor radio. Yeah, not what a problem. A, some sort of shack that sells radios. You also, yeah. there, yeah, you can grab like a radio you know, shack. A portable radio from a radio shack or listen in your vehicle or, yeah, even pick it up on the scanner that you brought to Kane's room, potentially. So whichever way you want to oh, go, I didn't know there was I'm a, down with that. See, sorry, this is just stuff I don't know. I didn't know there was a scanner. Of course there is, because he was listing. Yeah, it's 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 just uh, yeah, RDF equipment. You know, it, it's Chris, it's extremely fairness, sophisticated to help you. In fairness, you. Chris, you said, "How are you listening to this?" I didn't know that there was <laughs> that felt like a. I need uh, to go. I'm find just, a I'm solution. just giving you. I'm just giving you all your options. Like, giving you all your. Well, options. I did say RDF equipment. Like we all know what the fuck that is. I don't know what that is. Man. <laughs> yeah, I did radio say shit. equipment. <laughs> Antenna. <I don't> <laughs> it'll it'll pick up uh, any frequency you want to listen to. You just got to put on some headphones. But uh, you grab a transistor radio from a, a nearby whatever. Sure. It's uh, 
Because that way both Kane and I can listen to it at the same time. While the other two agents make their way to the Northampton Public Library to to hopefully dive into some local folklore and and uh, what what is your aim, you guys? Just to so I understand what we're researching. Princess Paris, just looking for more information on the list of names and uh, the, the names coven, probably coven. See where they come up in historical record. Yeah. What, okay. Like okay. more detailed information, like specifically where they were located, that kind of thing. I know they're in the area, but you know, but whatever we can find on them, essentially, whatever, whatever more detailed. Okay. Cool. So y'all head to the public library, hoping that there are records from the 1700s that can help shed some additional light on on why Clemson was interested in yeah. these names. Is that correct? Or books and stories about the the folks in the area. I know some public libraries have that. So y'all head on over. In the meantime, Agent Kane and Agent Ryan go ahead and obtain a small portable radio. And in Agent Kane's room, they have a gander at trying to find this frequency. Now, the frequency does tend to hop a bit. Thankfully, Mallory's notes, he always went ahead and recorded the frequency that he listened in to before he wrote down what he heard. So you have a, a few spots to, to kind of experiment with. And before long, you are tuned in to what sounds like some staticky bluegrass music. The tune ends. A voice, again sounding distant, staticky, comes on the air. Well, well, now that was a nice little tune. Now, I wouldn't put it past the big man upstairs to test us again, his poor, sick, and misbegotten children. But for now, we seem to be getting through his trials one after the other. Reining in the wild will of Brother Clemson has been a big part of it. A delicate thing when you consider the desired conclusion in our grand story. How do you balance the need for control so that you can just arrange to do away with it all in the end? <laughs> well, placing him back under the yoke of the higher one's guidance yet again will speed us up to that end. I do have faith in that, at least. And Dame Gare, dear Anne, we have her to thank for it. Her methods might be crude, but perhaps that aspect is to be celebrated in the new world coming. That's enough out of me. Let's have a little listen now to uh, Jimmy Rogers, Old Skinner's Blues. More old-timey music swells, takes over the airwaves as the host's voice fades. Brian, did I just hear what I think I heard? I heard a lot. He said Clemson. Brother Clemson joined them in under Dame Gare's uh, methods, so... Sounds to me like uh, Clemson Mallory is um, gone to the other side. Yeah, lost to whatever this is. I can't think of any other word for it other than what sounds like a cult of some kind. Im Cal Calvin. Yeah, it's a lot. Ryan's just kind of almost speechless trying to process it all, mostly because Michael is speechless trying to process it all. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was a lot there. Did we miss anything else, Chris? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. It just it felt was very there, significant. Though. Oh, it, it was. was. <laughs> it was. But like, uh, how do you even react to that? How did he get in the we, radio? We react <laughs> by sending a text to the other boys so they know something's going on. <laughs> I think that that's a good call. We'll send a text to. What do you send? What do you send them? Hey, there's something going on. <laughs> well, let's 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 of, let's hey, give. We, we found the station, and uh, 
You know what? Yeah, let's give them a call. <laughs> Put them on speaker and and do you want me to play out the update or do you want to? I mean, I'm curious what you tell them. Sure. So, yeah. So uh, we were playing with the radio and Mallory had written down some frequencies to, to we that found he the apparently station, had tried. Yeah, we found the station and um, we heard a, a man make reference to brother Mallory joining them. And oh, uh, brother Clemson, he said. Sorry. Not, thank you. Not exactly a common name. No. And uh, methodology or spirit of Dame Gare that her methods may be cruel, but um, worthwhile on the other side. Is that Dane, Dane Gare? Dame Gare? Gare. Sounds like Dane a, Gare. Like he, a he Madam Gare. Anne. Correct. Correct. Michael, you got it. Yeah, he's talking about Anne. And that wasn't. Oh, okay. That was on. That name was on the list, right? Yeah. And That's the, the woman we first found. She. She's the one that was drowned. Remember the handout on the Foundry website? Ryan says that in character. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like this coven is still alive and well today, somewhere. Somewhere nearby. Cool. Great. Cult of witches. <laughs> just what we need. So, Maybe worth, if you guys are are almost there, feel free to do some research, but it also might be worth asking someone local if they uh, could reference us to anybody in the town who is familiar with the histories that maybe we can then go go talk to. Well, I mean, we, we know somebody who's familiar with the history. She's on sabbatical right now. All right. Well, I have an instruction book to get back to you. Let us know what you find, boys. Yeah, we'll we'll keep our research up, and we might end up reaching out to Ms. Pound. Sounds good. Click. You two end up at the Northampton Public Library. It's small. It's a humble affair. But uh, it's easy to find the areas that have local history. And you start perusing through the books, the well-preserved newspapers that are basically hung up in protective covers and start checking basically everything that's available to you. It becomes quickly obvious, however, that there's very little from the time period that Clemson Mallory was so preoccupied with just too long ago for what's being held here at the Northampton Public Library. But you do find that there is a spot in town called the Ann Gare House. In fact, it's the spot where she supposedly had her library and it was burnt down to its foundation during the witch hysteria in this area. And it looks like it's located in downtown Northampton. And when you take a look at the address online, you can see that there is now a bookstore there, basically part of a large strip of commercial businesses. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, for instance, I think this might be worth worth checking out next. There wasn't much else here, it seems. Should we get the other two, or do you want to just go you and me? Ryan sent a text message that said, so she's just reading and I'm sitting here, so if you guys find anything, can you you (laughs) pick me up? It's like, yeah, let's let's grab Ryan at least, bring him along with us. Yeah, Prentice, something I want to talk to you about, though, before... Well, I'll tell you about it on the road. So I said we go out and get in the car and start driving back. What's up? Look over Prentice. I'm like, hey, man, have you been... Do you remember the conversation we had at the hotel the other morning before the whole thing with the manager and uh, getting into his, his room? That was like an hour ago. That was ago, an hour so ago. Jesus Christ. That. What time is yeah. it right now? Is it 2.45 in the morning? Um, it feels yeah. like it. Hey, 
yeah. So earlier this morning, we were talking about this. Um, have has anyone else approached you about about the operation? Or uh, look, man, I'll just look. You and I go back. You and I've been through some shit, and we go back, right? And after what almost happened to you earlier, look, man, I don't have many other people here around that I I can I can lean on. Okay. So I got I had somebody approach me just before I flew up here trying to recruit me for another group gave me a card with a number on it said to reach out to someone anyone reached out to you anything like that not at all what the fuck um you didn't just get a card with a number on it paris you received an address and were told to go to an office at the address and speak to a lovely young woman and please don't kill her i believe is what you were asked where, where, to do. remind me what city that was that address was in new york city, new york city yeah. yeah i mean i got a number I got an address in New York that I'm supposed to go visit, talk to someone. I don't know, man. It's weird. You haven't got it. Are you considering moonlighting with another group? Look, is that is that? (laughs) I mean, you know how this this line of business is. uh, It's mostly off the books as it is. I I don't know, man. It's just I'm just trying to do my my diligence here and see uh, see. I mean, I I don't trust Delta Green as far as I can throw him. I especially don't trust another organization that's approaching me. You're about the only one I do trust at this point. That's kind of why I'm talking to you about it. It's weird. I just wanted to see if you'd had anybody reach out, but I guess not. No, it's not. not, No. Um, Shit. None of that. I mean, I haven't talked to Seneger about it. I don't intend to right now. I I don't know what to do about it. Maybe I should should chase it down to see see what it's about. Look, Paris, uh, what we do for the program is... is, um, It asks a lot of us. If you go and join another one, I'm sure they'll ask a lot of you on top of what you already do. Yeah, but they seem to have... I mean, how many organizations can there be? I thought, it just doesn't make sense. We got competing... We're we just like pawns in this competing, these competing organizations that are working against each other, trying to... I mean, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. They, they had access to me... Uh, look, yeah, I don't know. I think if I, think if I ignore it, they're just going to keep... They're going to keep coming at me. Just be careful, man. It's... Sounds shady. Yeah, yeah, you can say that again. Er, than what we already deal with. <laughs> you can say that again <laughs> as well. I'll tell you what, man. If I if I end up heading that way, I'll uh, I'll let you know. So at least someone on the other side has a has an idea of where I'm at. Okay, do that. You four are now back up in Agent Kane's hotel room, where Agent Kane is furiously going through several sets of online manuals regarding RDF equipment, this set of equipment, and others and doing her best to try to make some sense of, of how to properly use this to potentially track down your quarry being the pirate radio station. You see Ryan's finishing up a Sudoku. He seems disappointed. He realizes there are no Sudokus left in the small travel Sudoku companion he brought with him as you just enter the room. So uh, how's the progress going? Slow, real slow. Roll your intelligence. That is a failure at 76 over 50. Yeah, uh, you're really not getting anywhere with these manuals. And and really, it just comes down to the fact that this is highly sophisticated usage of this equipment. You've turned it on. You've started kind of fiddling with some of the setups that are being described in these manuals. But there's a whole level of skill here that aren't in these technical user manuals. There's a, there's a whole inference from the way these are written that you already know what these are supposed to do. They just kind of give you the rundown on what these knobs, these dials, these buttons, these capacitors do, 
assuming you already know what you're trying to do. That last part, you only vaguely have a grasp on. You're really not making any headway on using this extremely sophisticated equipment in this extremely sophisticated way. Well, uh, we found uh, the Ann Gare house. So um, Ryan, if you'd like to come with us while uh, Kane continues puzzling out this machine. Ryan's going to look over sympathetically at Kane and say, hey, it's it's complicated stuff. You You want a break? Yeah, I think getting away from this for a few minutes might help. And then Ryan's going to turn back to Prentice and say, what's the Ann Gare house? It's the house that uh, Ann Gare owned that was burned down to its foundations. It is now a bookstore. That's what we found. Let's check it out. All right. So y'all load up in your GMC that was provided to you by Snedeker and make your way to downtown Northampton. Go ahead and park on the street in front of this commercial strip on this rainy Saturday morning. It is currently raining outside. You see that there are still lots of folks doing some shopping in the area, huddled under umbrellas, skirting from coffee shops and vintage clothing outlets as fast as they can in order to try to remain dry. Chris, do we see Anne Gare? Uh, no, you do not. Okay. Actually, go ahead and roll your alertness mi minus uh, 90%. Get, do I get hit by a car? <laughs> you rolled pretty good. <laughs> if you had if you had passed, I would have been so angry. I'm at forty um, percent alertness. <laughs> I the fact yeah. that I rolled it all was a mockery of the whole system. <laughs> yeah, of course it was. Uh, no, you As do not see. Was you can always question. roll a one. <laughs> but you do see this oh bookstore. Oh my god, that uh, would have been fucking crazy. <laughs> if you had rolled a one, I would have had to pull something out. Um, but I'm so thankful you didn't. Um, <laughs> the bookstore is called Depths. D e p t h s. Uh, it's got kind of a handmade cursive sign above its glass storefront door. You can see from the outside as rain patters against the windows of your vehicle that books are stacked almost haphazardly inside. It looks more like a used bookstore than anything else. It's not well organized, at least from what you can see from the street. I assume all four of us go inside? Might as well. Yep. You four quickly move uh, under the eaves that are in front of Depths and enter the storefront. Books and shadows fill up every inch of the store. Shelves here dusty and drooping with the weight of all of the books, again, that are haphazardly stacked. As you look around, you can see that the store deals in New Age manifestos, quasi-mystical self-help books, vintage horror, fantasy novels, a lot of schlock as you begin to take in what this store has to offer. The aisles are claustrophobic and seem to wind through to the very back of this lengthy store floor. There's a clerk who looks up as you enter. So you see a young woman. She has thick braided dark hair, very pale skin, severe eyes, and kind of a glare as all four of you file into the store. She's wearing a leather jacket over what looks like a loose corset. She's dressed like a goth kid. She's also wearing velvet black gloves over her hands. She's fiddling with a small transistor radio on the clerk's desk that she is currently behind. Besides the glare, the brief glare, there's really no interaction between her and you as the door closes behind your group. Oh, I'm sorry, are you not open? She looks up at you. Yeah, we're open. She continues to fiddle with the knobs. You hear static coming from the radio as she does so. Real quick, out of, out of character, 
Is it a good idea or a bad idea? And this is more of a question of the group. For anybody, I guess Ryan could, mostly leaning into his weird face situation. Like, stay back from the group or whatever and then go in the store and play it as like a believer kind of a thing. And you know, say like, did you hear about- Did you say believer like a Justin Bieber fan? I didn't, I didn't. If you, you did. could- okay. Yes, you did. Oh, you didn't. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and hold off on that segment of my manuscript then if that's not what you said. But more of like, like, did you hear about Brother Clemson and stuff just to see if this girl has any sort of play. You know, if, if she responds in any kind of significant way. I think you can do that right now. I don't think we need to retro any any actions where you're trying to pretend you're not part of the group. The question is a little bit more of like, is that a terrible idea? And is that going to basically fuck the entire group from like trying to take another approach? I say we do it. Um, Kane's going to automatically split off into the stacks when we walk in. So okay. worst kind case, of like I can a, pretend that I wasn't with you <laughs> plan guys. Plan B, right, right, right. Yeah. I think that's a good okay. call. Cool. Yeah, all four of you parked basically in front of the storefront and came out of the same car. So if she was paying any attention, that's going to be a tough one. I'm just, just let you know. She wasn't paying attention. She was fucking with the radio. Yeah, maybe she didn't see anything at all. Maybe she, she didn't notice at all. But I'm, I'm just, sort of just, radio just let you know that's, that's the reality of there, the situation. There's options. All came out of the same vehicle. Kane, you go ahead and split off from the group and start kind of shimming your way through these, these very narrow aisles. Uh, looking around these dusty shelves. You three begin to speak, at least Prentice does, to the young girl behind the counter who is fiddling with the radio. What you looking for? Huh? She looks up at you. On the radio, what you looking for? I'm trying to find WXXT, she says. She looks back down at the radio. Oh, cool. He keeps skipping around, she says, kind of angrily. I'm, that's a shame, I'm Try, sorry. Uh, and then Ryan will list the frequency from that just worked in the hotel. She nods. You actually hear the static fade out and you can hear that voice, the voice of that man, the host. Looks like he's, or it sounds like he's mid-sentence. I'm gonna go ahead and roll. Prentice gets noticeably uh, nervous. A 1d4. Yeah, I get that for sure. <laughs> Prentice puts his hands over his ears and runs away screaming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me go ahead and let you know what, what this host says. I can't imagine that was the first time. No, no, uh, I, I suppose not, but uh, it sure felt like it. The voices are clear, clearer than before. Paris, your ears perk up at that second voice. It sounds really, really familiar to you. Your eyes lock on the transistor radio, which the young girl kind of sets up right now, sets to the side, and she picks up her smartphone and starts piddling about ignoring you and just letting the radio fade into the background. Well, God willing, we can put that subject to rest. <laughs> now, Connor, how would you characterize your relationship with Jesus? Don't be shy now. Just the whole of Pioneer Valley listening in. Uh, well, I, I thought about it a lot. I mean, it, especially when I was you know, in the shed, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I know there's something there, but... Now that's God, Connor. And he's certainly there. We're talking Jesus. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'd say I have, a guess, a relationship. Uh, I, I may have strayed recently, but I know I know in my, my heart... Connor, 
We all stray every now and then. Jesus usually forgives us. He loves us almost all of the time. And when he doesn't, that's when we fill ourselves with the righteous might we are born with and we work to set things right. Thank you for calling in, Connor. Now let's hear a little ditty from the Carter family. Old country music starts to swell and take over the broadcast. Paris reaches over and grabs Prentice by the arms. Were you listening to that? Did you hear that? Paris first rolls his sanity for helplessness. Goddamn, unbelievable radio ghost shenanigans. Goddamn, doctor's gonna throw me in the fucking cream. Jeff? Jeff, where are you, you asshole? I am here, always and forever, Relic. Is this you? This is you, isn't it? I cannot see what you might be referring to, Relic. Our communication platform is primarily an audio medium. This mess of fleshy strings and moving tentacles coming out of my- where my arm used to be, you goddamn ghost. You did this, didn't you? I have reconfigured portions of your DNA to provide a much more efficient side arm as per our agreement, Relic. You sound dissatisfied when you were the one who insisted on remaining otherwise distracted from the work. My gun, you dang idiot. I was talking about my gun. Gopnik took my side of my gun. Correct, but that is an entirely different subject. I do not see a valid correlation between your missing weapon and the new and improved limb that your body has produced. Look how it separates and tastes the air, bringing you sensory data previously beyond your limited biology. Is that why everything smells like burning hair now? Jeff, fucking, fucking fix this. The thing keeps moving on its own. It keeps, it keeps making that sound. I can't sleep. Here we go again, relicking his precious rim cycles. Jeff, this is the worst goddamn thing that you could have done. Get this off of me now. It would not be fair to Sidearm, who has a greater capacity for sapience than your own feeble neural center, to extinguish such potential. Do you have to kill it to get rid of it? Hmm. Intriguing. I am calculating a solution. In the meantime... Jeff, I am not in the mood. In the meantime... There is no way. In the meantime... God damn you. Look, you've been listening to Sorry Honey, I have to take this. Thank you. And please continue to do so. It truly helps the work to continue. If you'd like to go the extra mile in continuing the work, 
Think about think about floating some spare change on over to coffee.com slash sorry honey to help keep it going. You type that out, ko-fi.com slash sorry honey. They'd also love to interact with you on Discord, where you can find uh, completed scenarios, whatever that means. Uh, all social links are compiled on linktree.sorryhoney. So, you, so it's the best spot to see all the places they've been planting digital flags. You know, links to music and story ideas and the le- Oh, jeez! What? Is it, is it retracting? And there. Sidearm exists in another time place where it can reach its full potential. In retrospect, I suppose it was unethical of me to chain such a learned and enlightened being upon your base and material form. But the work takes precedence even over the freedom of superior spiritual entities. Jeff, I can't, I can't deal with you right now. I'm gonna go find a place to vomit for maybe a few days. 